This is the DMV Sports Fan Podcast, a podcast by sports fans for sports fans. This episode will be with your host, Matt, speaking, and his friend, Dave. All right, thanks everyone for tuning in. We got Dave here to tell us about the Nats. So the Nats are 52 and 53. They're six games behind their division leader. They're behind a bunch of teams for the wild card. Deadline is the trading deadline's passed. Do you expect anything the rest of the season? Um, I think I think there's too much talent there not to expect anything better for the rest of the season. But I think everyone who's a Nats fan has been expecting more than this, you know, for the first you know 100 games of the season. Um, you know, you've got you got Strasburgers on the DL again. They need to get him back. The manager doesn't seem to really be anything special to really talk about and they the, the the team went through the training deadline and basically did nothing so which i don't really have a problem with because if you're going to trade bryce harper at this point you're pretty much showing in the door for trying to re-sign him in the off season so i don't really necessarily mind them not making any major deals at this point um but the is this uh, where you expected them to be this point of the season no no i expected them to be up 10 games like they have been the last couple of years i mean talent wise they should be up 10 games but you know it doesn't always it's not always the most talented teams that rise to the top in, in in any sport um and baseball it's sometimes these guys start reading you know the back of their baseball card and assume they're going to get to the point you know bryce harper assumes he's going to hit 260 and hit you know, 45 home runs. Well, what's he batting this year? I think he's around 220. 220. Yeah, I mean, it's... no wonder they couldn't deal him for anybody. Yeah, well, you look at the the back end of the rotation, they have Scherzer, and then they have Strasburg, who's hurt, and then you have Roark, who's having a terrible year. You're filling in with Hellickson, who's borderline mediocre <laughs> to bad, and then you have Gio Gonzalez, who's been terrible for the last two months. So I don't know what you're really expecting out of this group if you can't you know, have a healthy Strasburg at this point. So I expect them to be better, assuming Strasburg comes back. But, you know, if I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of stay exactly where they are and they kind of, you know, hover around 500 the rest of the way because they seem to be a 500 team at this point. So what happens if uh, they don't make the playoffs this year? There were a lot of expectations coming into this year. Yeah. And they, they might lose Harper, so then what? Well, I think you have, yeah, I think they have nine or ten free agents on the team. You're not going to see Daniel Murphy back. Um, you may not see Bryce Harper back. But they have a really good, you know, farm system with capable guys. Victor Robles, you've seen what Juan Soto can do. They have Carter Keboom, who's a great, who will fill in nicely at second base for when uh, Murphy walks out the door. Murphy's not coming back. I mean, he's an American League DH at this point. Um, so... I don't think they're going to be bad next year. I think they'll be fine. And the problem with losing a guy like Harper is it's not gonna you're not gonna have a whole lot of buzz around here for the Nationals if they let him go. But they don't, won't necessarily be a, a terrible team. I mean, look at the Cardinals. The Cardinals let let go of Albert Pujols 
seven, eight years ago, and I think they've won a World Series, and they made the playoffs a bunch of times since they let him go, and he was the face of the franchise in St. Louis for, for 10 years. So if the Nats don't go in the um, NL, who do you think will win? Oh, Who do you think looks the best right now? Um, I think with the Machado trade, I think the Dodgers probably have the inside track on you know getting back to the World Series again. Um, but... You know, it's 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 anybody's ball game. I mean, the, 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 you have the playoffs in the Major League Baseball, and you have a wild card game, which is one game, and maybe the best team loses in that one game. I mean, there's so much randomness with the Major League Baseball playoffs. It's not like the NBA, where you're pretty much can tell you before the season starts who's going to be in the NBA Finals. Uh, with the, in the National League, it could be any number. You know, Colorado and Arizona aren't even necessarily out of it, but I think. You know, I think the best team in the National League is probably the Dodgers at this point, from what let's, I've seen. So let's go back to the Machado trade. I grew up in the Baltimore area, mm-hmm. Orioles fan. Mm-hmm. They're not very good this year. They're terrible. <laughs> they're really That's awful. finally saying they're not very good. <laughs> they're historically bad. So uh, where do you see them going? In the have they get rid of their biggest star? Where do you see their, them going after this? Well, I mean, I think they have to take the path that the that the Cubs and the Astros took to get them back to where they went. Um, you got to scrap everything, and you got to bring somebody in there who's, you know, a minor league director, and you got to reshape the whole organization to bring in young, capable talent that you have team control over for six years, you know, and make a six-year plan on these guys because it's pointless to try to improve things and slap things something together, you know, to try to get better next year because you're so far away. I mean, you're pitiful. I mean, what have you lost? 80 games already? I mean, they're pathetic. And they have nothing other than, you know, Dylan Bundy and Jonathan Scope really has any value to anybody at this point. And, you know, Chris Davis is miserable. He shouldn't even be in the major leagues, but they're paying him $20 million a year to strike out 200 times a year. So it's you have to basically start, just tear down the building and start, you know, building another foundation and just... Doing what they did with Machado and get some good minor league players in here and make a six-year plan in there. So who do you think is going to come out of the AL? Oh, I mean, you have great teams. You have the Red Sox who don't lose. The Red Sox haven't lost. Uh, you know, they, they never lose. You have the Yankees who have a ton of talent, but they just lost Aaron Judge. They lost Judge for, I think, four to six weeks. They're going to have some work to do. I mean, the Red Sox are probably the favorites at this point, but the Indians are good. The Astros won the World Series last year. The AL is stacked. I mean, probably your five of the best teams in the majors are all in the AL, but I, my, my pick at this point is probably the Red Sox. They're playing the best. They have Chris Sale. Um, you know, they're, they're a pretty complete team at this point. So right now we're looking at a uh, Red Sox-Dodgers World yeah, Series, perhaps? That's, yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I'm not going out on a limb by saying that. <laughs> I mean, this, <laughs> those are probably the two best teams as we sit here in August or July, end of July. Um, but, you know, it, it's, like I said, the playoffs, if, you know, Kershaw throws in one bad start or Sale has a bad start or David Price is playoff David Price, either one of those teams could lose, you know, in the, in the divisional round. It's not, you know, it's not, you don't clutch your chest and fall over when one of these teams loses in the playoffs. Like I said, the Astros are amazing. The Yankees have been great. But, you know, it's uh, Red Sox are definitely the, the cream is rising to the top there as far as, you know, my, that's my two cents on it at least. 
Let's switch gears here and go to basketball. Great. Washington Wizards got Dwight Howard. Great. Is it great? Um, he 16, 16 points, 12 rebounds last year. Charlotte beat the Wizards three out of four times. Howard crushed, completely crushed uh, Gortat in each of the games. Uh, how, how many games did the Wizards win? 43 last year? They really underperformed. Sounds about right. What are they, 8th seed in the playoffs? Yeah, they were 8th seed. Right. Uh, you think about this decade. They they uh, drafted Wall. They drafted Beal. They drafted Porter. They drafted Oubre. They've had a pretty good process themselves. They've been competitive, but they haven't made it past the... Uh, second round. Second round. Right. So, right. Dwight Howard, what do you think? I don't mind the pickup. I mean, he didn't cost you very much. You didn't have to trade for him. I mean, he's going to be a malcontent. He's going to be miserable here at some point. But is he, though? I mean, he and John... He's, he's been miserable everywhere he's ever true. been. Yeah. I mean, he's what has he been on? Four teams? And every time he leaves the place, people are glad to see him go. Nobody's now. really yeah. upset when, <laughs> when, when he walks out there. I guess in Orlando, they... they uh, you know that they didn't want to lose him, but yeah, I never, I never thought I'd say it, but I'm excited that Dwight Howard is a yeah. wizard. I'm not not excited, but it's tempered expectations because you realize it is Dwight Howard, who's you know basically a run out of L.A., run out of Houston, run out of Charlotte, and but yeah, it's something they didn't have last year. I mean, he's a he's a he's a presence on the boards. He can grab you 20 rebounds a game yeah. if he decides to. He and Wall can play pick and yeah, roll all I, day. I don't have an issue with, with the move because it's a, you didn't give up anything to get him yeah. and you didn't have anything without, I mean, yeah. they let Gortat, they moved Gortat out of there for, for, uh, for rivers. And you know, which, which on the surface, I wasn't really happy because I'm actually, I actually liked Gortat. I liked him too, but I think he spent a year here too. It's he, he he really slowed down the past year. Plus, he and Wall did not get along. Right, from all indications, <laughs> him and Wall were not on the same page last year. But you know, it's it's uh, I don't think I don't think Wall is a choir boy either. It doesn't seem like the no. team was too upset when he was out for six weeks or whatever he was out for with injuries. Yeah, I think they won ten games. In yeah, a row and they played great. Out. Yeah, right. I mean, those guys were had the best time all year when they were playing without Wall on their team. So. Um, I can't completely play. And Gortat was a pretty loyal soldier here for the five years he was here. Yeah. And he wasn't an embarrassment out there. And he, he seemed to give maximum effort. And, um, you know, he is what he is. And he was getting up there in age. And Dwight Howard's definitely an upgrade. And they had to have something in there because uh, didn't they lost some other inside players, too, to free agency, you know, who, who left. And but I still have Yamahimi. Yeah, that was your other option, is, is he starts for your 82 games a year. So I don't mind Dwight Howard as, you know, what's the worst that could happen? You know? <laughs> I mean, I don't have... Would, would, would you put him as a starter, or would you start small, say, with Wall, Beal, Porter, Oubre, and Morris? Well, he is such a tender ego type of individual. Yeah, I let him start. I'm not a big... You know, believer in who starts or, yeah. or you know, or who plays second quarter. I mean, it's who's in there when it's win time. It really yeah. matters. So if Dwight Howard feels more comfortable starter and he's as a starter and he started his whole career, yeah. I can't imagine you can open up in October and say you're you're coming off the bench and he's going to be like too happy about it. So I think just to keep the peace. Mahimi yeah. as a wizard has always come off the bench and never bothered him coming off the bench. So that's a not a known commodity of you know you bring him off the bench and you let Dwight start. I don't really care who starts. I think he will. St- I think Dwight Howard's your starting center. Without Gortat, there's no Polish heritage tonight. 
That's right. That's right. <laughs> but <laughs> they're but gonna, they're going to lose maybe forty fans as a result of it. <laughs> they'll, they'll still uh, be able to have pretty good attendance. I would hope so. No, well, well, that's it, a lot of it. Also depends on how well they do during the mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Celtics win the East. Mm-hmm. Toronto's second. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Withers are thir- third. Well, Philadelphia is still in there too. Phil- healthy Philadelphia, you know, with the maturation of uh, Embiid and uh, Simmons. And Simmons, I think I think you'd have to pick them over the Wizards. There's no reason the Wizards can't jump up to the four or five slot. I mean, you have no Cleveland in there. Yeah. Um, you know, some of these some of these other teams are. You know, I don't know what Atlanta's doing. I, I don't know. You know, if Indiana necessarily got any better, but Indiana played Cleveland tough last year, so Indiana's, you know, they're they're I, I wouldn't be surprised to see anywhere. You know, the Wizards finish anywhere between fourth and eighth again. I mean, they they, they should be better, but you know, it's well. The the thing is, last year Toronto won the East, right? And they really weren't all that stacked. They had a pretty pretty good bench, right? So there's a possibility the Wizards may overperform. During the regular season and then underperform in the playoffs. Well, I mean, they, they seem to follow a pattern in recent years where they play one good round in the playoffs and they do get to the second round. They have made it to the second round. You know, they've beaten Toronto. Yeah. The, you know, two other times when I think they played in the playoffs. Um, that seems to be their, their their ceiling is getting to the second round, and that'll continue to be. I don't I don't yeah, see I don't their off season. Unless, I don't see unless their moves. if for some reason Kawhi gets hurt or it doesn't work out in Toronto. Right. Right. The uh, the Celtics go through some more. The Celtics uh, are scary. The Celtics are. The Celtics are very scary. But last right. year, Irving and Hayward both got injured, and they were better than average. But at the same time, they're not as scary without those two. Right. But they still have uh, <clears throat> Tatum, Tatum, and, Rozier, and right. Jamal, yeah. uh, the other second year player who was excellent in the playoffs. Um, so, yeah, I'd still put the Sixers, Toronto, and the Celtics head and shoulder above the Wizards going into the season. But like you said, I mean, 50 games into the season, everything looks different than it does yeah. as we sit here July 31st. Have you uh, been paying attention to what's going, what's going on in the West? Um, yeah, I mean, as much as anything. I mean, I, I, I think the Lakers... Had to bring in LeBron, even though I'm sure their plan wasn't to bring in LeBron and, and, Rondo. and, and Stevenson and Rondo and JaVale McGee and, you know, the biggest bunch of misfit toys you could <laughs> possibly. I don't know what that's all about. But like I said, I, I think, think they, things they're... will look different. You know, some players will shake free, you know, in February by, or Mar- by the trade deadline and they're going to look different. And LeBron by himself will win you 50 games and probably get you in the playoffs. Right, after last season, he played all 82 games. Yeah. That was probably his best, his most impressive job. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a monster. I mean, the way... The, the, in his entire career, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's figured out how to, how to save his body, and he doesn't kill himself defensively during the year. But he... Uh, I, 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 think, I don't think the supporting cast he's joining with the Lakers is that much worse than what he was playing with in Cleveland. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But he, the, the difference is he's playing in the West. He is playing in the West. And I, I don't really see Boogie Cousins making a huge impact on the, for the Warriors. Actually, he might even be disruptive given the way the team is. That, that's going to be interesting. To run up and down it's going to be interesting, but you might also not even see him till the All Star. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, he's not back from his injury. That's a tough injury to recover from. Yeah, he's, it's going to be interesting because he's another shooter. I mean, he's he's 
He's got range. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see the lineups they can put out there. And he's not a he's not a uh, he's not a downgrade from JaVale McGee, who they let go. I, I it's going to be interesting. I don't. I think if he's disruptive, then they let him walk out the door. Yeah. They don't need him. I mean, it's just the rich getting richer, you know. And it's it's the way the NBA is. If it'll be somebody else who shakes free at the deadline, that you know that they get on pennies on the dollar who helps them out. I mean, when you're when the Warriors or you're the Celtics or the elite teams in the NBA at this point, guys want to play for you. Guys, that's the thing about the NBA. These these guys want to play and they want to win and they want to play with their friends. All right, I got I I got one more basketball question before you sure. move on. Carmelo with the Rockets. Is this is is he going to help them win the West or is he going to just uh, I don't. Or are we going to see the Rockets falter? Because you, you have two shooters who sometimes can't shoot. Right. Carmelo and, and Harden. Right. I mean, did he help Oklahoma City go anywhere last year? I mean, he didn't really do much for Oklahoma no. City. I mean, people figured at this point in his career, at least he could come off the bench and be kind of a spark plug kind of guy. Um, I don't know what he's got left at this point because he doesn't seem to want to be the sixth man. No. He considers himself, you know, a dream teamer. And he's played great in the Olympics every time he has a chance, but this over you know, eighty-two game season and playoffs, he doesn't seem to he doesn't seem to uh, treat it like the Olympics for whatever reason. I think he needs to get in his mindset. He could still be a contributor if he went into the season with the mindset that I'm going to be a six man. I'm going to play twenty minutes. I'm going to you know ignite the second team unit for for Houston. I mean, Houston was. One quarter away from making it to the NBA Finals, yeah, Chris, and they would have won the NBA if, Finals. If Chris Paul had played right. Game Six and Seven, right. they would have won. Yep. Right. Right. All right. Let's take a short break, then we're going to come back and talk about some Caps hockey. Caps, Caps, Caps. All right, Dave. This past Stanley Cup run, I'm sure you've been waiting for that all your your all your entire life. Where were you when the Caps won the Stanley Cup? Uh, I was in my living room. It wasn't my original plan. Um, I had planned to go downtown and meet some friends uh, by the uh, Capital One Arena at Rosa Mexicanas across the street. They had a table at 5 o'clock. I had to work late. And my wife changed the plans. And we ended up going to their house in Bethesda to watch it, uh, which was fine. Still, we watched, still, the Caps won. We watched the first two periods, and the Cap, and then we came home for the third because they got to get the kids ready for bed. And they did win, and it felt great. So, two questions. Why do you think they were able to win this time around? Because it wasn't their best team on paper, so to speak. And do you think that they can repeat next year? And does it matter if they can repeat? Was this run great enough that what they do next year really, it's really just be like a, a victory lap? Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel it's like a 10-year a ten window for all, my, all the D.C. teams now to, to not win. I, I'm... I'm satisfied with the, with the Caps championship. They don't have to win next year as far as I'm concerned. I mean, they went 44 years without winning anything. I can't expect them. To, <laughs> I can't go out there with the expectations of them winning two in a row. Uh, why this team was good? I mean, they've always had the talent there. I mean, I knew when they played Las Vegas, they would, they would, they would beat the Vegas Knights just because you could just look up and down the, the lines and just see the talent was there. It was more about... Getting over the uh, the, penguins. the penguins, yeah. As soon as they beat the penguins, but also you know Tampa, Tampa Bay was, good. was a solid. You know I think they won the President's Trophy and they had the most points in the NHL, and they were a talented team as well. 
but I, I knew that they had they they would be that they would win the Stanley Cup after they they won uh, you know against against, Pittsburgh? against well not so much Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh I was more worried about about Tampa uh, yeah. than 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 most people because I could see I mean you could see Tampa had some really talented Stamkos is a beast and Tampa played him tough but uh, but you know I think it was kind of inevitable that. It's kind of like when Maryland got out of the Sweet 16 a bunch of years ago. They kind of ran the table after that. It was just getting over that original hump. Penguins being that hump for the Capitals. So uh, given the moves that they have made this offseason, how do you see their chances next year? Oh, great. Great. Love the moves. Loves the moves. That's a professional organization. I mean, they cut some salary, but they re-signed their studs. You know, they brought Carlson back. They, you know, just like last year, they brought Oshi back. I mean, some of these guys, they, they, you know, some of these guys are replaceable. You're, you're, you know, as much as I love DSP, he's replaceable and they even brought him back. But you have to bring in your superstars because a lot of the guys, I mean, my opinion, who's someone who's never played hockey, is you bring back your studs, you bring back Holpe, you bring back Ovechkin, you bring back you know, Backstrom, all these guys who are elite players give you... Uh, an edge over the other teams because most of the the middle of the road players kind of cancel each other out. So you need these extra, and you need toughness. And you know, and they re-signed Wilson, which is you know a big deal for Wilson. And yeah. Wilson's worth it. You could see when Wilson was out of the lineup what a difference he made in the team. But he's a superstar at this point. You know, he really is. He's 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 an elite player at this point in the league because he's so multifaceted. He can play so many. You know, he can score. He can hit. He can play again, you know, power play if you need him. He can play PK if you need him. He he can do it all. So I'm very happy with their moves. There's no reason they can't repeat, but I wouldn't expect them to repeat just because the odds are against it. Right. So uh, let's uh, turn from hockey to uh, <clears throat> another sport that's caused a buzz in the DC area is soccer, with Rain- Wayne Rooney coming to the uh, DC United. Last um, in the last game, he scored his first goal. He also got a bloody nose or a bloody eye, and they picked up three points. They were able to beat Colorado. Uh, <clears throat> how? Um, but they're still in last place. Right. So. Right. I. How much fun are the DC United right now? Well, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's great they have a new stadium. It's great they brought in Rooney. It seems to be some. I mean, getting out of RFK was the first step. Yeah. I mean, it was just a pathetic place to be playing a professional sport. <laughs> And having a friend who works for the team, you know, it's it's a which huge, you can bring on the podcast at some point. Yeah, he would love to come on the yeah, podcast. Definitely, but you know, it's a huge disadvantage to be playing in RFK in front of nine thousand people in a fifty-three thousand, uh, uh, you know, person stadium, yeah. where you're playing these other teams in Seattle and Portland who have a twenty-five thousand seat and the fan base is just going right, nuts. and they're on top yeah. of you and they're into it, and you know, it's got to be a huge advantage. To be in a, in a stadium where people care, you know, with all their songs and chants and everything. I, I mean, I, I kind of wonder, and this may be a controversial take, is how many of these people singing and drinking and carrying on are really all that interested in the actual result of the game or it's just such a fun experience for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, are they really invested in the team mm-hmm. or they're just invested in the experience of going to the game? And this is definitely an improved experience. Well, the, the fact that the D.C. United... They're in last place, right. and they're still getting the fans out there, and they're all excited about it. It's a good sign. Right. Well, they've always had a core of a couple thousand 
you know, supporters who follow them on right. the road will drive up to New York or New Jersey to watch them play or Philadelphia or Boston and watch them play. Um, you know, because these guys, I think they just like going to games. I'm not saying that their their life and death, you know, my life is over when DC United loses, but they just enjoy the experience. Right. And yeah, the new stadium is is great. Like, I, I think tickets are even hard to come by, which... You could never say at RFK. I, I'm, I'm not even sure they even charge for half the people who walked in the place. You know? And the fact that they have uh, Wayne Rooney, I, I know a lot of people don't like Wayne Rooney because he played for Man U, he played for the English national team, and a lot of people just really haven't liked him throughout his career, but yet he comes here and he does create a good buzz yeah. around the team. I think most of those, I think most of the D.C. area has no idea that Wayne Rooney played for Manchester United, or they might know he's from England. I at least know that. <laughs> but I, I think just most people like myself have heard the name. They know he's legitimate, that he's been yeah, legitimate, yeah. that he's been in World Cups, that he's a huge name in soccer. And that helps because I think the other 24 guys on the team, I don't think most of the people in D.C. could pick out two other, you know, two other players yeah. on their team. They might know the coach, Ben Olsen. Uh, they probably know the goalie who's been there, who's always injured. But other than that, I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of buzz about the team. Um, it would be great, you know, because they've won some titles. And, you know, they've won cups. I think they've won four titles. And, and, and you know, it wasn't a huge deal. There wasn't parades on the street or anything. But it's always good to have a successful team. And I think the new stadium is great. It's beautiful. I'm very excited about it. So uh, you've grown up in the D.C. area. You, you went away for, for college, but you've been here throughout uh, most of your, most of your life. life. Yes. Exactly. Uh, what was your first and most memorable sports? Uh, what, what's your biggest and your first sport memory pretty as being much, a fan? As being a fan. Pretty much some of my earliest sports memor- memories, not... DC related was probably Super Bowl I think it was a Dallas Pittsburgh Super Bowl with Lynn Swan making that crazy catch over his shoulder you know in like 1977 so I would have been six or seven years old and that's very foggy and I remember coming up from school one day and seeing Bucky Dent hit the home run at Fenway. You know, this is probably 77 or 78. But my my early, my, my true, like I could remember it like it was yesterday, was was the Redskins-Dallas game in 1979, where the Redskins, I think, were up 34-21 with about seven, eight minutes left. In my mind, it was mathematically impossible that they would lose this game to Dallas. And uh, I believe... I want to say Stallback, but it might have been Danny White. I just said I remember this. Led Dallas to two touchdowns, one to Tony Hill, one to Drew Pearson in the last eight minutes. And they won the game 35-34. Redskins were kept out of the playoffs. And the Redskins needed a bunch of other things to happen for them to not make the playoffs. Like the Bears had to not lose by 50 points, and they lost like 53-2 to two or something. They just got crushed. And that game was heartbreaking. I remember crying at that. And Riggins retired for a year after that game. It was so emotionally draining for the whole city and for John Riggins that he he walked out. He never he didn't play in 1980. 
and because uh, it was that was a tough loss for all of us. I'm pretty sure Jack Pardee got fired. Um, that was a, that was my earliest uh, DC memory. And then you probably I probably have some Orioles World Series. I remember the Orioles yeah, losing. My, my first sports memory was '79. Yeah, the Orioles losing, losing seven games to uh, Pittsburgh. To Pittsburgh. I remember K- going Kent to Nicolby. bed. Kent Nicolby. I remember going to bed yeah. and listening to the game on the radio, and I just couldn't believe they 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 lost Game Seven. I think they're up. Were they up three to one in that I series? Think so, yeah. yeah, and they lost. Yeah. That was painful too. So a lot of a lot of early painful <laughs> memories. But then they came back and won in '83. And then the Redskins won some Super Bowls. So then you got kind of used to winning. And then there's, there's the drought, the 19-year the, uh, drought uh, of misery, of actually more than 19 years, uh, more like 30, well, from 92 when the Redskins left West won the Super Bowl to the Caps, uh, you know, 26 years of misery. Uh, but it feels good to have the Caps win. It's good for the city. I feel good about it. You know, they, they you know, it's made me continue to root for dc teams for the for yeah, at least five more years i'll give them before i complain about them again so when you're not watching sports uh what are you what are you watching you have any good uh pop culture recommendations um well i'm i'm i've watched the show on uh hbo currently it's called secession succession are you watching that i am not but i've heard a lot of good things about it it's, it's an amazing show it's shot beautifully I mean, to totally geek out on you, the music is interesting in the in the show. The acting is great. The storyline is fascinating. Uh, it's I think they have one more episode left for and season one. For right. season one, I think it's being brought back. I'm pretty sure it is being renewed by HBO. It's great. That would be my recommendation to anyone out there in podcast land. If you're not watching Succession, <laughs> uh, start watching it. I am going to also start watching. I was hearing on the radio this morning people talking about Last Chance You. Have you ever heard of that? No, I haven't. I think it's the sports. It's it's the sports show. Yeah, it's on uh, Netflix. It's a bunch of guys at a at a JUCO who've been basically kicked out of D one schools for behavioral issues yeah. or flunking out of schools. Uh, the schools in somewhere hellacious in Kansas, and the coach is nuts, and the players don't listen to him. And it's you know it's a reality show about a, ju- a, a junior college team, and the quarterback I guess is a guy who who left FSU after one year, flunked out, and he's just yeah. apparently interesting television because he doesn't listen to anybody. And I want to start watching Last Chance U. I think they're on their fourth. Maybe they've done more episodes for this year, but it, uh, that's that's on my list of things to just check out in the next couple of days here. All right, Dave. Thanks a lot. Uh, my pleasure. I'll definitely check this out. Check that show out too. Really appreciate you being here. My pleasure. Let's do yeah, it again. Yeah, definitely. See you all on the flip side. We will leave you with a little Wale, the star of DMB. Don't let no lanes.
throw it out. We gon' hold this city down till we see the whole city out.